Morning, everybody. I'm Charlie Fink with Ted Chilowitz. It's This Week in XR uh, with our special news guest, Alex Heath, Deputy Editor of The Verge. Thanks for joining us, Alex. Um, first, before we get going, let's have a sponsor message. Our This Week in XR podcast is sponsored by our friends at Sapper the world's leading augmented reality platform and creative studio. With over 11 years of experience working with the world's biggest brands through Zapper Creative Studio. Zapper also has an award-winning web AR platform, Zapworks, that lets you create your own mobile AR magic. Finally, check out their Zap Box, the most affordable mixed reality headset on the planet. Start creating AR over at zap.works or talk to them about your next AR project at zapper.com. And now let's talk about the news. Uh, Alex, thanks again for joining us and congrats on your uh, recent promotion to deputy editor. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. Does does deputy editor, it seems to me, your prodigious outcome uh, output uh, continues unabated despite your additional <laughs> responsibilities. <laughs> yeah, um, the, the editor piece is... Uh, that's going to be filled in, I think, more for people to better understand later this year. I've got something fun I'm working on with the team Great. here. Yeah. Well, we always like to have a uh, another member of the press in addition to Charlie that uh, it can be on the podcast because it sort of opens up this interesting triad of discussion. Uh, so we we always look forward to having folks like you on. It's going to be good. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, good to be here. So, there's a lot of interesting news today. So yeah, well, the, the of course the most uh, interesting news to me was the Amazon acquisition of Roomba and the broad reporting that uh, it may not be dust that they're after. <laughs> yeah. What, what it made me think of, and Alex, I'm curious your opinion of this too, is, you know, I'm a, I'm a Tesla owner, right? Multiple Tesla owner. And I have a pretty high awareness that the end game is not necessarily the cars, but as those cars drive around the universe, the continual data mapping uh, that those cars are doing and all that data gathering that is happening uh, and Roomba seems like a, uh, a sort of a mirrored play to that within data gathering in your home, sort of surreptitiously. So we're, Charlie and I are both very curious what you think about it. Yeah, you know, I've heard varying degrees of uh, fear and loathing and uh, about, about this, and I don't really see it as a strong data collection play. I mean, I have a Roomba and they're about the dumbest, it's about the dumbest piece of smart home technology I have. Um, I'm not really sure if uh, Amazon thought that, you know, they were going to be getting some incredible mapping data because uh, yeah, if you've used a Roomba, you know, it can barely like get around a chair. Right. <laughs> uh, but that said, there is probably some kind of powerful ecosystem play here because you you think about all the categories that Amazon has enter, entered into in the smart home. And I mean, they've got pretty much everything now. And so, you know, gosh, uh, is there a way they could bundle all that together, uh, put Alexa and everything? I mean, there's a lot of um, ways that they could just tie Roomba into their broader smart home ecosystem. There, so there. You think it's a little much ado about nothing or people trying to create a story where there isn't really a story there? That's an interesting perspective. I, I, probably I don't know. I mean, I'm sure that there will be some privacy policy update that's incredibly hard to understand where Amazon's like, we'll be able to use this right. for m making our products better. But I just don't really, I'm not really scared about the Roomba giving Amazon something it doesn't already know about me. I've got Alexa in my in my home and it's hearing things I'm saying all the time. So 
yeah, if the Roomba was maybe better and at understanding the layout of my place, then I would be a little scared, but I just, it's not that smart. So good point. <laughs> yep. Uh, next story uh, up fundamental VR raises 20 million, another uh, adding to the 10 million they raised in 2019. Uh, you, you must remember these guys were always at the trade shows, Ted, and mm -hmm. they have that little robot uh, that has a, like a pencil attached to it. And it's a force feedback mechanism for surgical practice. Right. So this is another. Surgical, they call it rehearsal. And, right. uh, and, and it can be done on a 2D screen or wearing a VR headset, which is how they pre present it in their PR. But uh, yeah. pretty interesting, interesting addition. You know, we also VR has raised, uh, you know, almost $100 million for surgical training. So this is turning out to be a pretty interesting big category. And it looks like it's, you know, finally being accepted by the industry and medical schools and elsewhere. So I thought that was a pretty big deal. Yeah, um, you know, from from our perspective, Charlie, I think every single week we talk about some advancement in the training and education category uh, across the VR space, right? So this is yet another notch in that belt. Um, and, you know, you and I see this very as a very critical juncture in how VR, virtual reality and mixed reality is going to be used and adopted is it's not necessarily just for entertainment and socialization, but there are a lot of practical, valuable uses to simulation, right? And Alex, I, probably, I imagine you have a perspective on that too. I honestly don't. This is an area that I um, am still, you know, every VR company talks about, you know, the medical application of, of yep. what they're doing. And I have yet to, I, I, have, I have no doubt that it's being used in that capacity, uh, the technology in certain cases, I just um, am not close to it. So yeah. I, I haven't, I haven't talked to doctors who use it and say that they actually, um, you know, like it. So, uh, so let, well, let's get to a story you have been writing about. Uh, Snap has uh, uh, delivered dismal results and uh, a guidance for next uh, for for the rest of the year, basically uh, that is less than optimistic. Um, so I, I guess you wrote a story about yeah. pending layoffs there. Yeah, uh, things are not well at Snap. They um, they put out a pretty dismal earnings report, as you said, I think they really, you know, they did really well in the pandemic stock bubble, right? They were at like 70 a share. And now yeah. they're below, I think, where they were valued privately before they went public in 2017. Yeah. Um, so they're going to do what I expect to be the, the deepest cut of layoffs they've ever done uh, here in the coming weeks. Um, and it's going to impact everywhere. And I think it just goes to show how, you know, like the other company I cover, Meta, a lot of these companies hired a lot in the pandemic and maybe overhired uh, for where they thought they were going to exit out of the pandemic. And Snap has not been able to uh, navigate Apple's ad tracking change as well, right? Which is hurting a lot of ad-driven yeah. companies. Yes. Uh, and the AR stuff for Snap is not not a revenue driver at all yet they, they want it to be they want their ar lenses to become their advertising play really um but that's not anywhere near soon and the hardware is also you know they're not even selling the glasses and the drone uh is is not selling a ton so they're just in a tough spot yeah i think i think it's hard to underestimate how much impact that change in the apple ad tracking and ad personalization strategy has had across the sector of you know, these various forms of social media companies that rose really high without 
without a really viable business model, right? I mean, they're, they're touching on business models. And of course, you know, the previously known as Facebook company proved that it can be very mighty, uh, but also did a lot of acquisitions across that range to make sure they stayed relevant, you know, with Instagram and WhatsApp. And of course, they're feeling the pinch too, but you're talking about trillions of dollars of lost value with one change in a dynamic of ads are no longer going to be as targeted as they used to be. So that's the real story here, right, Alex? Absolutely. And if you want to connect it all the way to Meta and VR and AR and everything that these companies are doing, Apple gets to do this because they own the phone and uh, Meta, you know, slash Facebook. Uh, it's why they want to own the next computing platform that they see being, you know, AR, VR, because, uh, you know, Apple has shown them that if you own the the device layer, uh, you have a lot of power. I think Apple did more in one prompt than any regulator has ever attempted to do with, right. with regulating the advertising industry, which is just yeah, wild. Yeah. I, I would say from a consumer point of view, I'm not sure that, that uh, and in fact, I am sure that this did not make the, pre the product better. I mean, Instagram used to be a hunting and killing machine with, for targeted advertising. And, you know, I didn't mind it that much because they were showing me ads for things that I was interested in. Whereas now I just get, you know, completely irrelevant, like land offers for <laughs> South Carolina because they've, you know, identified my age demographic. Yeah. I, I wonder if there's a, if there's some sort of future where you opt into X amount of personalization, but you get to choose the amount, the, the sort of time amount of ads based on time on platform that you're using. So if you're on a particular platform, say for one hour a day, yeah. and you can choose, I want five minutes of personalized ads, seven minutes of personalized ads, or 15 minutes of non-personalized ads, where would you go, right? The, the, these, the, these strategy folks at these companies have to be jockeying this equation. Now that Apple, jo Apple jockeyed on them, they have to figure out how to then pivot again, right? So you have to think that they're gonna try and find some way to allow people to just, as your point, Charlie, if you don't mind it, how about we give you just the amount of ads that you're that is palatable for you, um, that fit into the the categories? It that would be it would be making explicit the bargain we've already made. Devil's bargain, yeah. Which which yeah. is I'm going to give you this platform for free, and you're going to give me attention that I right. can. And it's better so if, it's if you over, made right? that if you made that explicit. Right. right. Hey, you're here for a free product that you like, and I want to give it to you. I want to make you really happy, but I got to get paid. And the people who are going to pay for us doing this are our sponsors and merchants. And so if you don't want to trade your attention, well, here are the alternatives. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I, I think, you know, if, if a company like Facebook could make that pivot, it might completely change the game. They've looked at subscriptions. They've looked at different ways of directly monetizing. It doesn't really scale. I <sighs> mean, uh, that's <sighs> the problem. It scales yeah. to... It scales to a very small percentage of the user base when you're talking three billion people, uh, and so that's that's always the issue. Is that yeah. most people prefer free, like the vast vast majority. Right, but at least the relationship and the trade off would be explicit, and you could yeah. do more ad tracking. Okay, right. you don't, you know, you, uh, you know, only want it to be free. Okay, well then you have to, you know, answer these questions or do some, you know, uh, additional jumping through hoops. I I don't know. I just think there's. Uh, you know, the issue uh, 
is bigger than this for both of those companies because I just find it kind of poetic that Apple did this. They kneecapped Meta right before they're about to release their first headset <laughs> uh, and really like compete with Meta on the the AR VR front. I think it's well, interesting timing. Yeah, well, the you know the thing that I find so interesting, and I think Snap uh, is much smaller version of the problem that Meta has. So they're trying to pivot their business. They're trying to use the revenue that they're getting from the declining advertising business, which is still enormous, you know, billions of dollars in profit, uh, whether it's declining or not. And those billions of dollars he is using to build this other line of business that you know has tremendous potential, but you know also potentially could play out over 20 years. Yeah. So, what, so, what, so it's all about they, timing, right? Can they get it done in time? Can they scale it yeah. in time? Do they have the will to sustain it? Mm -hmm. And so I people that's the most important thing, the will to sustain it. Well, and the ability, because I mean, I think it's important for people to understand the scale of the impact of this Apple stuff. It cost Facebook $10 billion in lost ad revenue last year, which yeah. is the same amount they spent losing yeah. on reality labs for exactly. all the AR VR stuff. Which exactly. is just, it's, I know it's a little conspiracy theorist here, but like, it's pretty wild that Apple did this and they're now about to directly compete with them on hardware. And because it's Apple and they don't talk about it until it happens, uh, no one's connecting these dots really because Apple hasn't acknowledged that they're about to do a headset. We all, we know it's coming. So I think once that's out, I think this battle between the two about, it's really a battle of you know, I actually reported on some leaked internal comments that Zuckerberg made to employees about their kind of competition with Apple in metaverse stuff that is coming. And he was like, it's a deep uh, philosophical battle, right? Because they're they're about premium hardware, um, you know, making it a luxury item. Uh, and we're about, you know, <laughs> this is the charitable explanation, but we're about giving away things to as many people as possible. Uh, and obviously there's trade-offs with that approach, but um they just he sees I think Apple as his next major competitor for the next decade. Yeah, and from a from a marketing and optics perspective, Apple puts this in the bucket of we care so much about your privacy and your user experience, which right. a lot of people like myself do believe to a certain extent, right? But there's always that caveat of to a certain extent because they're all jockeying for position, right? And if you go back a generation or two, some of the the most insightful articles I read about was potentially the biggest miss in. Facebook's arc of turning into meta is that they had their opportunity to potentially attempt to get into their own mobile phone hardware, which would, of course, potentially set them up to battle against this. They chose to go the next step forward, which is VR, AR, which probably makes sense when you look at it through that lens and also makes sense when you look at it through the attempt that Microsoft made to try and go into mobile, which was a debacle, right? So it was probably a back and forth with their board saying, we think we need to make our own mobile hardware because this storm is coming with Apple and Google. And they said, yeah, but look at what happened with Microsoft with their mobile, their phone platform. And they sort of probably voted against it. That's a lot of predictive that I'm making there. But well, the phone, the Facebook phone just didn't work too. It wasn't a, it wasn't a compelling product. Right. Um, and I think that I, the time to make, I still hear this sometimes from current form employees is like, should we make a phone? And it's like, I think the time to, yeah. I've done a phone. I was surprised. <laughs> I was surprised that Microsoft blinked. Yeah. I mean, they had, you know, it was Balmer. Um, they were, I think it was a little bit of desperation, right? Microsoft also missed mobile and they had, they were feeling that at the moment. And it turns out that there was a, they could, they, 
they survived missing mobile just fine. You know, they pivoted yeah. the company. And I think that's what, you know, when I interviewed Zuckerberg for the rebrand of Meta, he actually called out Microsoft and the transition of them being a Windows first company to an Azure first company as a parallel to what he was trying to do at Meta. He takes a lot of cues from Bill Gates and Microsoft, um, mm -hmm. and he has since Facebook was started. I've been like deep in Facebook historical tape because I'm doing this kind of narrative anthology podcast about Facebook called Land of the Giants. And it's actually really fascinating just to see how many cues he's taken from Microsoft since the very beginning. So if you kind of want to see kind of where he's looking to for strategy, it would definitely be Microsoft. It's interesting perspective. So yeah. you would maybe reflect on the, the success of the Microsoft Surface and how many iterations and attempts to kind of get to a successful product there kind of right. parallels their VR track a little bit. They're right, exactly. The long yeah. haul play, they're gonna lose money on it for a long time, but they know there's a future there. So they're gonna keep playing at the game. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So that's a great comment, Ted, and it sort of tees up uh, some of our last topics with Alex before we all have to run. I know you both have a hard stop at uh, half past the hour. So Alex, what do you think are the big stories that are going to break this fall? Right. We, <laughs> we haven't, you know, we haven't talked in, in a year. Yeah. Uh, and thank you uh, as always for you're one of our, our favorite guests. So oh, well, and, no, and our, our regular listeners know I don't say that often. <laughs> well, no, I'm joking. I actually say that to everybody. Okay. Okay. I feel better. <laughs> so so uh, so big topics breaking this fall. Yeah, I think um so Meta will have Cambria out, uh their high-end headset in October. And I think that's gonna be a kind of inflection point for is VR really going to scale out of kind of the niche early adopter gamer market it is now. I still think it will be a niche device, but I think if the tech is as good as I'm hearing and as they're teasing, I think people may go, oh, wow, maybe there's something here. Maybe this isn't as lame as I thought. A lot of the skeptics who are like, there's no legs, it's low fidelity, all that stuff, no face tracking, all that stuff being fixed. And then Apple coming out, you know, either by the end of the year or early next with its first mixed reality headset, I think will be just a huge moment. Um, and then I, I'm looking forward to our earlier comments about Apple and ads. I'm looking for kind of the fallout, the full kind of picture of the first full year of that ad tracking prompt and really um, with the havoc it's, it's wrought. And uh, a lot of companies like Facebook and, and Snap doing a full accounting of that this fall uh, once they've lapped a year uh, to be able to look at kind of growth comps. Um, and... Uh, I would say, so I cover social media more broadly too. And I would say that it, this has definitely been the summer of Be Real. I don't know if the two of you have used Be Real. It's this new uh, social network. Um, I'm very curious to see if Be Real has the, because uh, Clubhouse was the hypey new social network in the pandemic. And uh, it's really faded off quite a bit. And I'm really curious to see if Be Real has the longevity and the scale uh, you know, in it that uh, Clubhouse didn't. So I would say those are kind of my big themes I'm looking at. Yeah, I talked to a lot of kids that are moving into the Be Real, and it almost feels like they're in hopscotch land, right? That like they're always hopping to the next thing where they can have a moment together and feel like they're in the inside of something that's new and different and a little cooler than what they did last yeah. time, which was, you know, Facebook, then Instagram, then WhatsApp, then TikTok, mm -hmm. et cetera. Uh, but it is kind of cricket behavior, right? So those companies that feel like they can make a sustainable business model, they forget that these kids are just so 
Right. Hopping you've got to, you've got to create an environment where they want to stay uh, and not just like buzz into your app and buzz out when there's a cool new thing. And right. I think Be Real's captured this really important kind of honestly like uh, retro, but uh, I think like lasting um, value of like your close friends, just sharing your life with your close friends visually, which Instagram has gotten away of Facebook's really gotten away of, I think to its own de detriment. And um, so I hope that they stay in that lane because that's actually a unique lane that like people want in, in the world that doesn't really exist anymore in the competitive set. And then, yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, I should have said this already, but TikTok is just this massive. That was my next question. Yeah, atten attention yeah, yeah. vacuum vortex that um, is only going to continue, I think. And and really, there's a race happening between, you know, is is Facebook going to become TikTok before TikTok becomes Facebook, which it may not be intuitive <laughs> to people. But That's a really good Wow. Yeah, 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 TikTok really wants to become a full-fledged super app social network that's not just passive entertainment. They're, they've got the friends tab, they're, uh, all of that stuff. So can they build a more robust uh, social network around this, this addictive you know, algorithm? And can Facebook copy that algorithm before they do, right? Because that's, that's what's happening right now. Pretty interesting. On, on the, the hardware front, you mentioned Cabria. Do you feel, you know, that's going to go, that, that attempting to move into a non-price sensitive customer, right? Where right. Quest was all about like, it's low cost, it's powerful enough, it's a great product. Cambria is moving upscale, right? Two, three X the price point. Um, do you feel like that's going to be okay for the market? Like that they're going to accept that? Yeah, I think it's going to be positioned as a productivity uh, work from home slash um, gaming, you know, um, early adopter entertainment device, which is what Apple's will be as well. Apple's will yeah. be even more expensive. You know, they were originally talking about, I reported like they were discussing like a $3,000 price point. They may be closer to two, but I think it will definitely be between two and three. Cambria will probably be between one and 1500-ish. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think that's because when you see what's in it, it'll make sense. I mean, this is going to have a way more sensors, way higher fidelity, um, higher resolution. Um, so I'm very curious to see if all that better technology just makes the form factor more compelling, regardless of the price point, right? I think that's the stage we're in where this, these headsets need to I, have, I agree with that. Uh, they need to have a more compelling um just experience of but getting into it. Right? The, the value proposition is not high enough or, right. ob or obvious. Right. It, there are ergonomic problems with the headsets. Yeah. Um, some, you know, I don't know, 10 or 15% of people are, are like the co-founder of, yeah. uh, of Oculus who can't tolerate it for more than a few <laughs> minutes because um, it yeah. makes them sick. And I have to say, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more sensitive to that. Me too, Charlie. It's happened to me as well. And yeah. so there are games I used to like that now make me feel kind of green. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, when I start to feel green, I mean, I have to end the session. I used to be able to close my eyes, take a deep breath. And, and you know, listen, I teach 20-year-olds who are putting on VR headsets for the first time. And, you know, I had one class and they came back from break, a bunch of them. And I'm like, well, how much did you use VR over break? And most of them said very little or not at all. And I said, yeah. not, we had such a good time with VR last year. And they're like, I know, but the things I like to do with my leisure time are better. Yeah, it's until- so it's One of them said, time. the games I like to play are better with a game yeah. console. Until the games and the uh, entertainment looks better than just like turning your TV on and like playing your Xbox, 
uh, they're going to struggle. But I think it sounds like the tech in Cambria will probably get up there in terms of like approaching, you know, better than your TV. Apple certainly, I think is going to feel like IMAX on your face. So yep. um, I think when we get there, it becomes a little more obvious, like what the appeal is, but um, you know, horizon, this, like met this uh, 3d version of Facebook that Meta's working on for their headset. Um, you know, that's coming to mobile and web next year uh, or, or later this year as well. Uh, so maybe that's like a thing that people get interested in. They're like, Oh, maybe I want to like hang out with my friends, but I, right now horizon. Needs I, so I much think work. it remains to be seen the yeah. theory about the metaverse that people will want to navigate 3d yeah. like they do uh, a video game like literally yeah. with a console in their hands, not a headset. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, but do people who aren't gamers want to do that? Right. So, so CBD, so, Meta sure yeah. hopes so. They're kind of, they're betting everything on it. It's 829. <laughs> we said we were going to do a tight, uh, a tight show today. Alex, great to see you. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. I hope to see you in the real in Los Angeles sometime. Yes. 2020. We are going to make it happen. We are going to make it happen. <laughs> and uh, Ted, Ted, I will see you on the golf course soon. Have a great Absolutely. week, everybody. Thanks, Thanks guys. Nice chatting. Bye. Bye. Bye.